Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Ruth. And I'm Claire. And today we're talking about utility value. But first, Ruth, how was your week? My week was a funny week. I was just really out of sorts all week. And oh, just no. super. And I feel like I've talked to a few people who had a similar, I don't know what's in the air or whatever, but just like on Tuesday, I was sure it was Wednesday and <laughs> just all, you know, I think partly the kids, some kids in my kids class have gone back. To face to face school. school. Yeah. Uh-huh. And ours aren't but their whole schedule has changed like they're, oh. all their meetings and I didn't realize how much I was doing kind of on autopilot and so that makes sense so, sure yeah yeah so I just was super and the kids were like but isn't it Friday and I was like no it's only Wednesday it was just a <laughs> lot of you know everybody being a bit like out of sorts so not like terribly grumpy but just discombobulated so I can totally yeah I mean at the beginning of every semester it takes a while to yeah. be like wait what is my Wednesday schedule like you know so I'm not surprised you got thrown off, all of you, by having a different schedule. Right. And we had, um, I'm part of a project that had like a site meeting. I'm doing like whatever, inverted air commas quotes. for that, uh-huh. but, um, or air quotes, that's what it is, for something. And so, yeah, I just was constantly surprised by all of those meetings. Like, it's like, oh, it's happening in 10 minutes. And it was just, yeah, not my smoothest week, but not terrible <laughs> either. But tell me, how about yours? My week was good. I had a moment of, um, well, so my, we had face-to-face classes for the first time last Ooh. week. And um, the week before, my student assistant and I came in and checked everything and we're like, okay, all the instruments are working. Everything's great. And then the day that they went to use one of the instruments, well, two of the three worked great, but then the other one, the computer just wouldn't turn on. Oh. The instrument was fine, but the computer... So anyway, the, the, it was fine. The students who were supposed to work on that made all their solutions and then just saved them. But it was kind of a panic thing. Like, I, I'm not a computer person. I don't really know how to turn them on. But the story that I want to tell is of other people coming to the rescue and saving the day. And so the next day... These two wonderful people, Lewis and Tyler. Tyler from your um, physics stock room. An actual walking saint, but yes. Yes, yes. So he and Lewis came down, spent like hours working on these this computer issue, and anyway, it's working now. So they completely saved the day, and it was wonderful. So it was a good reminder of working with people and other people being able to save the day, and it being so nice. Dude, that's something I actually really miss about like being in work and I'm thinking of Tyler in particular actually because he like saves the day about 50 times a week for me (laughs) like where I can't get this thing to work and he's just super calm and helpful and just those kind of moments of just kindness and people just being kind of amazing and giving up their time yes I I feel for you though because like I was thinking we just don't have like the flexibility, like, because I was thinking, oh, yeah, I've, you know, our computers regularly don't work in the physics lab. And uh-huh. you just tell people to pile up together and all be on the same computer. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can't do that right now. Right. And it's like, how could, like, it's just a different kind of parameters that you have to solve totally. problems. So Totally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not on campus as much. And so just coordinating with people. But but it all worked out because they were so willing to jump up and save the day. Oh, so good reminder so... to 
to work with people and yes. help each other. Yes. So that was nice. It is. And people are generally awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Wonderful. Good, good. So do you have a quote for us today? Yes, I do. I have a quote for you, and it is from the president of Ireland, Michael mm. D. Higgins, who cool. I have a very, very soft spot for. So in Ireland, the presidential presidential role is like quite different than here. Okay. Like it's more separate from the government and more kind of like a figure, like a figurehead and someone who's sort of representing the country, but not necessarily making political decisions okay. about things. And so he is also, he's a poet. And I actually met him on the night he got elected when I had gone to vote for him. Uh-huh. And me and my eldest daughter was like only like a few months old and she was in a little pouch and I ran it like him and his wife were outside just wow. like chatting and it was just super random that like my daughter gets very excited to tell people that like she knows the president of Ireland. <laughs> it's like, That's yeah. awesome. So yeah and then the other reason I love him is um, a lot of people have made tea cozies of him and it's always called like Michael T. Higgins and they're like these super adorable tea cozies <laughs> of him. You know, it's, anyway it's all good That's all great. good things. So And the quote I have from him is, the reconnection of society, economy and ethics is a project we cannot postpone. And I think that is super relevant right now. What were the three? Society? Society, economy and ethics. Society, economy and ethics. Cool. Yeah. And I think it's super relevant for like thinking about... Like the crucialness, say, of like maybe the ethics of making sure people have paid sick leave. Mm -hmm. It is actually very pragmatic at a time like now when we don't want people to come to work sick or, you know, like all of those things or who like who gets vaccines Mm -hmm. um, like countries. It's not really just a moral decision. It's really crucial for everybody's, you know, anyway. So all of these things, I think, are sort of thought of as being separate, but they all need to be not separate. Connected. Yeah, that's really cool. So, yeah. So anyway, and if you want to cheer yourself up, look up Michael T. Higgins. Nice. Because okay. they're super cute. But um, yeah. OK, so today we are talking about utility value. Yes. And this was a new term for me. So and it was, it was only it means? Like three days less of a new term for me. So, OK. <laughs> yeah. But um, so it's kind of I think I've mentioned on here that I'm doing a course in culturally responsive STEM teaching with Escala. And they talked about utility value, which is convincing students basically of the usefulness of whatever it is you're doing, such as a lab or problem solving, you know, assignment or whatever it is. And they really frame it in terms of how the response for students, they talk about two types of learners and one type is high context and one type is low context. Mm -hmm. And in general, STEM disciplines, the sort of traditional way we would view them would be low context so kind of things like just just want the piece of information that's relevant or learning for the sake of learning and a lot more kind of individualistic which is not necessarily bad at all whereas high context learners are more like how does this relate to me and my life and my community you know that kind of thing and taking in information in a less sort of linear direct fashion okay and the kind of argument they were making is that I think utility value is important for everybody and it enhances everyone's experience but particularly for learners who are more high context and maybe coming from situations where they really 
you know, are concerned with like, how will this help me get a job or how is this relevant for my community or my family and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about some papers that showed, you know, kind of explicitly stating the utility value or like convincing students of the usefulness of things had an impact on some of the kind of grade disparities that can happen in different demographics. Mm-hmm. And so it was super interesting to me. And yeah, I was very excited about it. That's really cool. That's really cool. So um, I read through the information that you sent me on it. And um, I, I just wanted to mention, so one of the things that popped out to me was there was a, a part that had a few different phrases that one could say as a teacher that would mm. um, help convey the utility of the information that you're you're talking about. And those phrases kind of stood out to me. So I wondered if I could just jump off by saying some of those phrases. Do it, yeah, totally. As, as kind of, this is kind of like... Um, so some of the phrases are like, this process is enjoyable because, and you explain, you know, why you might enjoy doing the things we're doing or saying explicitly, you are making progress towards expertise in this way. You can make sense of this info by connecting it to what we talked about last week, or this is relevant to X, Y, Z thing in the community. And so, um, I guess. I'm new to the term utility value, but I do try to do a lot of these things a lot. And so I guess what's working for me is remembering to be explicit about why this material might be interesting or relevant to the students. So um, in the context of analytical chemistry, rather than just saying, here's another analytical method, I might say, the benefit of this method compared to the one we talked about last week is it can measure lower concentrations, which means we can use it for things like measuring arsenic in drinking water and making sure it's not toxic. Or, for example, in my research, we use it for XYZ and trying to give more context. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that those kind of things fit into this utility value. And um, anyway, it was really interesting to read those example phrases of... Well, it's actually, that's super interesting because um, as part of our tenure process we observed each other's classes. Uh-huh. And I remember commenting specifically that you actually, I didn't know it was called utility value, but you do a really great job of this. And like you spent a lot of time at the beginning of the lecture really motivating why this was interesting. And you actually did explicitly that when you were talking about like a new measurement, like an oh, instrument. Cool. And you were like really connecting it to how does this compare to this other instrument? And and then you had a separate thing that was all about like why we care about water quality and how this works. So it's actually... How funny. That yeah. I so, that and exactly. I remember being like, oh, she did such a great job of connecting those things. So that's really interesting that sometimes it's funny when you have a thing that you do and then now it has a name and you're like, oh, that's the thing I do. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. Yeah, I think that's excellent. So what what else do you have to say about utility value? What's working for you with utility value? So I think I think for me, like on my side of things, I think I very, especially the class I'm teaching right now, I very strongly believe in the utility of everything I do. Oh, great. That's you know, awesome. and certainly when I first started teaching, I hope no one who took my class then, like I was just like, oh, we do this workbook page because I need something to do for this class period, you know, uh-huh. but at this point now, I'm very much like, no, question four really gets to the point that they'll forget that the initial velocity isn't always zero or, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. I have that sort of in my head really like connected and uh-huh. I really am solid and all of that. And I think, I think I do hopefully a good job of like the enjoyment piece okay. kind of creating like, I don't think I really mentioned this with the utility value, but just like even 
the utility of it can because it's enjoyable and you're building mm-hmm. camaraderie with your classmates and that sort of thing. And I have a few things, a few examples that like I think I've mentioned on here, like a problem for projectile motion that's like a clip from the movie The Matrix and uh-huh. then another one from a movie Deadpool, which I haven't actually seen, but it's like this that was inspired by something someone said at a conference. So we do a lab based on that. And, you know, those kind of things that are actually like connecting what you do mm-hmm. to the outside world. And I really remember, did you see the movie um, Hidden Figures? I don't think I did, but I know about it's the it's the other people who contributed to the space launches and stuff yes, like that, right? And yes. Part of... I mean, part, I just had such a strong yearning because they had like the biggest chalkboards, like you needed a full blown ladder to get up to those. Like, oh, oh my God, cool. that would be so exciting. But um, they were covered with all these kinematic equations that really aren't that much more sophisticated than what we have. You know what I mean? And so I can remember a few students at the time being like, but they're the same equations. And I'm like, I know. And people went cool. to the moon with those. And so that was super That's cool. awesome. So, yeah. That's some context. Gosh, this totally. is useful if you're trying to figure out how to get to the moon. Those right. people and getting, yeah, that's awesome. And I think like sometimes I do have a thing with students where there's always some students who maybe have a bit more experience, but they're like, why aren't we including dragon? Why isn't this and kind of making the argument that we can actually do quite a bit, like make accurate predictions that we can see in the lab with these equations that aren't, you know, they don't take into account everything mm-hmm. and yet they're pretty good models. So I think I think they're the things that I feel confident about, that I think I definitely earlier on would have like a couple of labs where I was like, fine, we have to have a lab about this. So this is it. But like, I didn't really, you know what I mean? And now I feel more confident that my materials are useful. So you yourself at this point feel like you understand the benefits of the different labs and the different, ex- the yeah. different example questions and all that really is crystallized in your head and you see the utility of each one of those. Is that kind yes. of what you're saying? That's awesome. Yeah, my, my working on this is a bit longer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's some stuff in the working on that, like, I, yeah, anyway. I'll okay. Tell you. So tell me about, about you. Um, well, so I, this is something that I actually proposed and got funded for, but have not yet done. And so I'm still quite not, not quite sure on how to, um, do it. And I'm working on it is making some reflection activities that are appropriate to analytical chemistry content where the students connect the analytical chemistry content to some aspects that are valuable to them, such as the location Ooh. where their family lives or the food their household eats or, or something, you know? And, um, and I think we've talked about this previously on the podcast of maybe they could write a letter to their five-year-old brother explaining the lab that we just did. And so then they would think about what are the useful things that they could talk about in the context of explaining it to this five-year-old. Um, so I haven't figured out exactly what activities I would want to develop where it would, because my goal, of course, is that they're connecting the content to things of value to them while reflecting on the content and then understanding more deeply why they might care about the content. So that's kind of the goal. Um, so trying to figure out, there's lots of ways that could go from that goal. And so I, I'm, not, I'm working on figuring out which way suits me best. Um, and this class best. Dude, I love that. That's such a, like, that's so perfect. What a cool illustration of doing this. Yeah, I'm excited to try it out. I, um, I was planning to try it out last semester, but then with, you know, everything going yeah. virtual, I, I didn't do it last semester, but I, I'm definitely going to do it next semester. So yeah, something 
just a first go at trying to make some kind of reflection activities connecting the material. So yeah, I know that lots of people talk about writing letters to specific family members. I think I think I heard about that from you to begin with. Or, um, or yeah, connecting it to a place, you know, like, well, if, yeah, talking about measuring water, maybe it's important the different water qualities in the different places, or maybe it's important what's in the different food that different people are eating or, you know, something more tangible. Yeah, that's, this is so trivial and so not something very important, but I really remember the area we lived in before had had like the long drought for a long, long time. Uh Uh-huh. And... My hair and skin was so dry, but I guess it's because there was so many minerals in the water because the oh. water table was so low. And anyway, so not obviously life changing for any of us. Like, oh, I wonder, could somebody like, you know, that that blew my mind, the whole concept of when the water table got so low, it would mean like this increase because we went through so many kettles as well. We didn't, oh, really? From the, yeah. They dissolved like the, away? Well, they just ended up with so much, like the so much. the heating element, and we had a couple of electric kettles would just get eaten up. And so, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It reminds me of whenever we talk about um, EDTA, which is this big molecule that binds metals. Um, there's fun examples where like EDTA is also in shampoo, because if you have hard water that has metals, it's hard to rinse out soap. But with the EDTA Ooh. binds the metals and makes it easier to rinse out the soap. Or it's also in mayonnaise because the things that might grow in mayonnaise that you don't want to grow in mayonnaise need metals as nutrients. And if you bind it with the EDTA, Ooh. suddenly they don't have the metals available. And so then it's a preservative and the mayonnaise is fresh. And so anyway, those are fun that examples. That is super cool. And it's weird, this stuff like I at one point in grad school, I was learning about polyelectrolytes. Uh-huh. Isn't that, is that what the word I'm looking for? I'm not familiar with Like they're word. long polymers that are charged. And so they kind of repel each other and sort of stand out more. Okay. But it was all about basically how if you put salt in, it will like collapse them. Okay. And that's why like your hair gel, if you go in the ocean, will completely just fall apart. How interesting. It's like not, and yeah, that has stuck with me for like 15 years. I'm like, ooh, that was so interesting. So are these examples of utility value? I think so. Don't you? Like, I think making connections. And I think, I think that it's so, at times, the way science has been taught, it's like, this is just interesting because it is interesting. Uh-huh. Instead of... You should you know, care about these molecules instead of being like, here's some connection. Hair gel or, yeah. Uh-huh. And I think, and honestly, I think that physics is a bit more guilty of that in general. Just like, this should be interesting because it's just interesting, not necessarily like, look at the elegant math instead of, you know, what it could do. do you I know see. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Interesting. So what, what are you working on? I'm working on, I think I don't always convey my conviction about the usefulness of all of these things. And I think I had an experience where, so I recently did this matrix assignment with the students. And it's kind of funny because at first when I did it, I was like, check out my cool points. And then like, they don't know what this movie, they're like this old movie. They're like, none of them have seen it. So it's not as, you know, hot topic as I think it is. But the anyway, Matrix is old to them, so they're not. They're so, and like to I me, see. it was like the most mind blowing, biggest event of my undergraduate life is this movie, <laughs> and they're just like, "What is this old time movie?" And so it was funny, That's but funny. um, and then I did this a Scala workshop, and then I went to lab that afternoon on Zoom, and 
I kind of was prompted to have a whole discussion with them about why we do labs. And that, you know, there's sort of people say kind of briefly like hands-on experience, but like, what does that mean? And especially now that we're doing them as simulations and I was talking to them about how it's all about getting information in a different package. So, you know, like in physics problems, I could either just give you a list of variables like V is equal to blah, blah, blah. And then you just plug them into equations or we do kind of context rich problems where I'm like, Joe is walking to the store. He starts at rest and you have to translate that into variables. Mm -hmm. And then like a third level would be doing something like a simulation or an experiment where you're actually like measuring the thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, and so just talking to them about how, that's another level of learning and understanding that if they can actually like do that, that's going to like enhance their abilities for problem solving and all of those things. And then like, I didn't mention, but I told them later on about like the matrix, somebody had to do those calculations to make that happen in the movie. And there is people whose job is like computer game simulations or like they program in physics into computers so that they can create these environments and I, okay, this is like not any data at all, but I felt like they were more engaged with the lab right after that. And they That's were more, awesome. and it just felt like, so it's like one of those things where you're like, why don't I do this all the time? You know, and it's just like, I'm kind of, sometimes you're just on this like treadmill of just churning through things. And, and even at first when they introduced this idea of like motivating everything you're doing, I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to, like that's a lot of stuff, but But it wasn't. It was only a few minutes. And I think I've talked a lot on here about struggling with conveying what is a physicist, what does a physicist do as a job, you know, and this is like a perfect way to do that. Like, oh, someone has to make these simulations or someone has to calculate whatever, how to get to the moon or like those kind of things. So I think, you know, I think there's different levels in that. So there's just this is useful to you because it will make you do better in this class. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like it, it will make you understand the material more or this is useful to you because someday you might get a job doing something like this. And so, yeah, so I think the thing I'm working on is like just actually doing that mm-hmm. instead of just like, fine, we're here, let's do the lab we have to do. Or, you know, maybe I can just try and motivate a little bit more, you know, why we're doing, Yeah. I don't think I do a good job of explicitly saying, like, I think I have done a good job of having everything be useful, but I don't think I advertise Mm -hmm. it that way. And I think, I think the reason it's so easy to forget is because it becomes so obvious to us because I like, I know I've structured the class this way very intentionally. Obviously this lab is to complement these components of the lecture and it's to give you these experiences. And that's so obvious to me that it's easy to forget that it's not obvious if you aren't me. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so I think, yeah, I have in some places in my lecture notes, I have little reminders. Like at the beginning of lecture, I say, explain why you would care to be able to measure the pH about something before we talk about how you measure the pH, you know? And um, and it is funny because sometimes I get to that and I'm like, okay, wait, I do need to reset and make sure I have something to say about that because I, I, I don't have something ready to go in my mind but if I sit and think for just a second I'll be able to to put some context there yeah and I think you know for me even the the kind of 
bonus of doing that or the payoff for doing that was really immediate. That's like awesome. it felt like people were like, oh, okay, we're doing lab. And I, you know, again, maybe like that's not like a scientific measurement, but it felt better for sure. So that's I just great. need to do a better job yeah. of conveying that and taking a minute to do that. And I think, again, sometimes, man, what would it be like if some magic teaching fairy came along and was just like just do half the content this semester and really play around with all of these other cool things do you know what I mean like it'd be so cool I mean some departments decide to do that my undergraduate chemistry department specifically covered less stuff in order to cover more depth and so that's a choice that the department can make yeah Um, the other thing I wanted to mention you're talking about different places where people might use their physics equation knowledge in the future. My friend um, works in like software for computers and uh, apps and whatnot. And they were working on software for like swiping on a phone and they were plugging in the physics equations and they were thinking like, hold on, I don't quite remember the physics equation. They were plugging it in and they, they didn't quite get acceleration right. And so instead of like slowing down after you swiped it, it accelerated after you swiped it. And oh they were like, gosh. oh, we got the equation wrong. Um, I'm writing this down right now. So anyway, that seemed like a fun example of stuff you can do with physics equations later on. That's so cool. And again, I'm such a Luddite. Like I have, I'm like, what? Oh, like what? I didn't even think that people would yeah, have to do that Yeah, but somebody sort of has thing. to program how the things move around on the phone screen when you touch them, which totally. I, yeah, I, I might not have thought of that either had I not heard about programming them wrong. <laughs> right. And yeah, that's like, it's always a good way to get the stuff is the mistakes that happen. Uh-huh. We went to a wedding and somebody at the wedding was like a physics PhD person who worked at Pixar. And oh, there like you go. Was there. Totally. Yeah. And like we, yeah. And I feel like I just hate being moaning and groaning about how, oh, how am I going to convince people there is physics jobs, but then it's all right there and I just need to actually say it. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. I wonder if it could be as simple as just putting little reminders. Like when I do have a reminder in my lecture notes to explain the relevance of whatever, um, it's easy to remember to do it. So maybe just put more yeah. of those in the notes. That's what I need to, yeah. And I think just taking a minute at the beginning of lab. Yes. To be like, why do we care about this This is why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, it is true that out of all possible labs that we could do today, this is the one that we chose to do today. So there's there's some good reasons and some thought that went into that. So it's it's worth conveying, yeah. Totally. Cool. So I think I definitely... I don't know. It just reminds me almost of like sometimes when I hear things about Mm self-defense where like if someone said, you're like, yeah, that does. I totally know that. But I didn't know I knew it until you said it, you know, that Mm. I should do that thing. And this feels like one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, it's not like it's not something I didn't know. But it's like just hearing it really crystallized a whole bunch of things for me. Totally. Totally. So that was super helpful. Cool. Well, thanks for introducing this new term. And yeah, I hope to report back. Yeah. about how much I did and I'm so excited to hear more about your project oh thanks that you're going to do that's super once cool. I develop it more I'll tell yeah. you about it <laughs> cool okay thanks Claire thanks Ruth and thanks Ralph thanks so much for joining us on the professor podcast with Ruth and Claire we're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you and if you want to email us our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com 
We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.